0: morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Friday, October 6th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. Before we get to J-Book and matters of Ohio State football, I want to let you guys know about one of our great sponsors. I've been telling you guys about Jonathan Green Grass Seed and a great deal you guys can get, and they have a message for you guys. Hey there, Buckeye fans. It is fall, which means two things. It's football season, and it's lawn care season. Fall is the best time to overseed your lawn. So if you haven't already, now is the perfect time. We recommend Jonathan Green Black Beauty Grass Seed because it's naturally dark green in color, has roots that can grow up to four feet deep, and is super drought tolerant. With over 130 years of experience, Jonathan Green is a name you can trust for quality lawn care. They only sell the best lawn products on the market. And here's the best part, Buckeye fans. They're offering you 10% off your order on jonathangreen.com. So head on over there now and use code BUCKNUTS10 at checkout. Plus, planting Jonathan Green grass seed is easy. Just spread it on your lawn, water it, and watch it grow. It's that simple. Within just a few weeks, just a few weeks, you'll see thick, lush green grass. That's the envy of your neighborhood. Say goodbye to bare spots and hello to a lawn that is the talk of the town. Visit jonathangreen.com. Use coupon code Bucknuts10 to get 10% off your order of grass seed, lawn fertilizers, weed controls, and more. Jonathan Green quality lawns since 1881 all right let's bring in the one and only Jonah Booker Jay Book great to see you um before we get to Ohio State Maryland how about the Ohio State quarter former Ohio State quarterback showing out CJ Stroud with an awesome start to his career Justin Fields started to turn around last week even though the Bears lost with a good performance and then he showed out last night had a big performance good to see these former Ohio State quarterbacks doing well in the NFL Absolutely.
1: I cannot get over how well C.J. Stroud looks, Dave. I mean, if you pull up the Texans' schedule, they have a legitimate shot of winning that division and making the playoffs. Those guys are playing inspired football. And I love watching, like, the Texas clips and stuff and seeing C.J. breaking the huddle. Like, he's truly a leader down there. I was so fascinated about how well they've been playing. This past week I've been listening to some of the local media and stuff and just hearing how much – they're gushing over CJ and how proud uh, that he is that they are of him and how he's playing. It's amazing. And as far as Justin Fields, man, he's, he's lighting it up. I thought he was dead man walking there in Chicago and here he is. (laughs) He's, he's out there playing some of his best football of his career. (laughs) Right now, Justin Fields leads the NFL in passing touchdowns. Who would have thought? So if he can continue on this type of uh, production, then, They're going to have, they're going to win some football games, Dave, and all of that smoke about Caleb Williams and Chicago being the first pick. That may be still be true with uh, Carolina because they have that Carolina pick, but make no mistake, Justin Fields has shown that he is an NFL quarterback. It's just the Chicago Bears organization. Can they get their stuff together to make sure that they're protecting him and surrounding him with all the weapons?
0: You beat me to the punch with the trivia. I was going to say, guess who leads the NFL in touchdown passes this year? I know it's a little cheating because he's played an extra game. We'll see what happens after this weekend. but <laughs> It's cool, though. As we sit here right now, Justin Fields leads the NFL in touchdown passes this year after his big game last night and the big game the previous week. All right, let's get to it. Maryland, Ohio State tomorrow. Can't wait. High noon or 9 a.m. for you. Um, get up and, and Buckeye coffee and Buckeye football for Jay Book uh, tomorrow. Um, I love, I selfishly, I like the noon games that way I can get done working somewhat early and still be able to watch some football. All right, let's get into it. Ohio state favored by 20. Um, I really don't care about the points, but I'm just curious to get your general thoughts on this game. Jay book. What's your, what's your, what's your feeling going into this one?
1: Yeah. Ryan day coming off of bye week Dave, he is an absolute flamethrower. So I'm expecting the same thing going into this game. You look at Ohio State, big win against Notre Dame. They should be able to bounce, have a nice little pep in their step. They're feeling good about themselves. I think Kyle McCoy is building that confidence. Um, Everybody's talking about the offensive line and the short yardage woes. I think they're going to get that corrected. One thing I I was thinking about this week, Dave, and I I believe I wrote it in um, the staff story this week that's going to be released today, is going into – The Notre Dame game, what was one of the biggest gripes about Ohio State offense? It was the third downs. Um, They were struggling poorly on third downs. And boom, Notre Dame game, they converted 11 third downs. So they made a huge emphasis in getting better in that department. I think that's going to parlay into them getting better with the short yardage game. Everybody's talking about it. Ryan Day knows they need to get better. And for some reason, Ryan Day just absolutely torches Mike Loxley every time he gets on the field. Like He shows no mercy to them. So I I think this is going to be a game where Ohio State continues the momentum, look good. I'm curious to see because I truly believe this is the best passing attack that Ohio State has faced thus far. And I'm fully convinced that the secondary is back. Uh, to being DBU locking down everybody, so I'm curious to see how those guys are going to perform. Denzel Burke, they're they're treating him like he's uh like he's Chant Bailey or or somebody. Like they're just absolutely avoiding him. So hopefully he can get some action tomorrow.
0: Treating him like Sean Springs, to use an Ohio State. Yeah, well, I I always love talking about this. In 1996, Sean Springs was defensive player of the year in the Big Ten at zero interceptions because nobody threw his way. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm not saying Denzel's as good as Sean Springs, but man, he's really, really good. And um, I think he's gonna be a first round pick. Um, he's playing to that level. I love this whole secondary, man. So yeah, you got into this a little bit. This is gonna be a really big test for this defense. I mean, Tunga Vailoa has always been explosive. Um, now you're seeing him, he looks more like a veteran quarterback. He's still explosive, but he's not making all the mistakes that he made, you know, as a young quarterback, which makes sense. Only eight interceptions all of last year. Only three interceptions so far this year, and he was kind of a turnover machine his first two years, which isn't a surprise if you're a freshman and a sophomore. Um, But this will be a very big test for Jim Knowles in this defense. Do you think they will pass it with flying colors, or are you kind of in wait-and-see mode? Well, I I will
1: say this, Dave. This is a major step up in weight class for Maryland. You look at the teams that they've played over the last uh, several weeks, I don't think anybody that they've played on that defense, Charlotte, Michigan State, Indiana – Those teams aren't in the top 100 when it comes to uh, pass defense and defense efficiency. So he's been able to have his way with some teams that he should have had his way with. And that's the thing. I think Maryland is a solid football team. I think they're the fourth best team in the Big Ten right now. But stepping up to where they're going to face an Ohio State secondary, that's playing an elite level, that right there is going to be a major task for them. I truly believe that the way these guys are playing, Dave, and a lot of fans, when they watch the game, Dave, they just look at the box score and see how the actual team has performed. When I'm looking at the Ohio State secondary, Dave, I can tell a noticeable difference the way their technique is a lot more crisp. The eye discipline is a lot more sound compared to last year. They're playing the football. When the ball's in the air, they're getting the head around So those little things to me, Dave, when I'm watching the game, that right there tells me they're a much better secondary. They're better coached than what they were last year. In the gym, defense year two, they always take a a major step from year one. So I do believe that the secondary is playing some of the best football in all of college football. And I just think that Maryland stepping up in class, they may get theirs, but I don't think it's going to be enough.
0: Ohio State in bad weather in previous years, not a good recipe because they were so reliant on the pass. Now, in 2019, they had the only 2,000-yard rusher in history with Justin Fields, you know, J.K. Dobbins. So it wasn't like, you know, in the Ryan Day era, they haven't ran the ball well. Trey Sermon would have went way over 1,000 yards if they had a full season the next year. So it's not like they haven't been able to run the ball, but this team seems less geared, uh, you know, toward we're going to just air it out. And maybe as the year goes on, um, you know, they'll – They'll short their short yardage running. I don't know. And they seem, they're definitely better defensively by far than they've been since 2019. So maybe I'm talking myself into this, but it seems like this Ohio state team might be a little bit, you know, better suited for bad weather than what we've seen the last few years. The reason I bring this up, it's not going to be that bad tomorrow here in Columbus, but it's going to be the first time it's going to be, it could, the weather could be a factor. So like low fifties, windy mm-hmm. could be some drizzle. It's going to get worse as we go on this season, but, um, talk about that, how it might affect things tomorrow. And then going forward this season, do you think this Ohio State team might be more built for bad weather games?
1: I think they are because if you look at the way Kyle McCourt's performing as a quarterback, when it, whenever Ohio State has the running game clicking, he performs better off that play action. I think his adjusted completion percentage is like 16% higher uh, whenever he's in the play action game. So I think that really helps the passing attack Whenever you can establish a run day, no matter where you go, bad weather, a, a solid run game will always travel with you. Um, Trey Henderson playing some of his best football as a Buckeye right now. Chip Traynor, Uh, as I said, if there was a fourth captain, he would probably be the captain. So there is no way he's going to come off the field. My, um, we, we I think he's taking a little step back in his production, but I do think there's going to be a role for him. As long as they can get better up front, especially the interior, with Donovan Jackson, Carson Hensman, Matthew Jones, and I think Matthew Jones is, is solid so far this year, then they're, they're going to be good to go. Here's the thing, Dave. Ohio State, a lot of fans bang on Ohio State's rushing attack, but the truth of the matter is Ohio State leads the nation in – yards before contact for a running back their issue is just short yardage that's the thing that if they can get this short yardage thing figured out the rushing attack is going to be um is going to be hell on wheels the offensive line is getting better 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 you're not hearing uh jimmy simmons name called as much they just have to continue to build off the momentum get ready um start with maryland establish that line of scrimmage, and then as you as you put Back to back games together once Penn State comes to town, you should be locked and loaded.
0: Well, let's give some predictions. We'll, uh, you know, it's one of the things in our, our prediction story that we'll give away our final score predictions. Uh, again, Buckeyes favored by 20. Give me a final score prediction for tomorrow, Jay Book.
1: Yeah, I have, I have it at Ohio State 34 17. I just think that this Ohio State team, they're still not where they need to be offensively, Dave. Um, I think they're going to continue to build on it. Uh, with that being said, the defense, they're still holding teams under 20 points. That would be by far the lowest output for the Maryland offense that's putting up close to 40 points a game. I, I think that Ohio State offense has an opportunity because here's the thing, Dave. Ryan, when I mentioned earlier, Ryan Day torching Mike loxley he's put up 40 plus points every single time that he's went up against Maryland. Um, I don't know what it is about Ryan Day and his beef with Mike. I know um, what it is. I know okay, what it just is. Tell, tell, tell the public what it is, Dave.
0: I've been told by people that I trust it has something to do with the Chase Young situation. Someone turned I, Ohio State in with Chase Young. And by the way, uh, remember soon after that, Maryland came to town and Ohio State was up by like 900. And they did like a, an onside kick. It was the yeah most beautiful onside kick in football history. like he kicked it, took like one big hop, and then Chris Olave like caught it like in stride. Um, There's no way Ryan Day does that unless he was had a bone to pick with Mike Lopsey. And <laughs> I, I think totally, that's why – I think it's because of Chase Young. Yeah, I totally
1: forgot all about the Chase Young. And I'm just thinking to myself, I was like, man, looking at – uh doing doing my research, just looking at past scores, I was like, man, he really takes it to Maryland every opportunity that he gets. Now – you also, you also throw in the layer that Josh Gaddis is over there at Maryland now, and he was the one that was bumping his gums uh, with the whole Ohio State is soft narrative before he got ran out of Michigan. So that can also add some fuel. Here's the one thing about Ryan Day, and you know it, Dave, he's petty. <laughs> he, remembers, he remembers those little things like that. I'm sure in the back of his head he still remembers Josh Gaddis running his mouth. Oh, yeah. um, so I – I have it, you know, I I got my score out there 34 17, but I would not be surprised if Ryan Day put up 40 plus points on Maryland tomorrow. I would not be surprised at all.
0: <laughs> I've got 41 to 20, so we're pretty close. I have a Ohio State barely covering and barely getting to that 40 point threshold. I got forty one to twenty. I might go a little higher if not. Again, the weather, I want to be clear, the weather's not supposed to, initially they were thinking it might be sloppy weather here tomorrow. It's not gonna be great, but um Finally, some fall weather though here, and we've had. It's been even like earlier this week; it was like in the mid 80s here in Columbus, um, and humid, of course. Low 50s again, windy, and then it could be some like some sprinkle. We'll see what happens, but hopefully, Ohio State's better in bad weather this year because they just have to prepare. Like when they go to Ann Arbor, it's going to be bad weather, and you're going to have to win that game in the trenches. And they know that. They know that, and you know. That, I guess, and you know, it sucks what happened the last couple of years, but maybe it'll get them ready for this year. Maybe it'll be right. good weather in Ann Arbor, but they need to per, like plan for like we have to be able to run the ball in games like that. I, I will
1: say this, Dave, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but let's think about where the Ohio State rushing attack is is at right now. I think it's way better than what it was last year at this time. Mm-hmm. Like, Because you think about it, Trey Henderson was never healthy. Mayan was never healthy. Running backs were in, running backs was out. Chip Chip wasn't a running back until later on in the season when they desperately need him. So we we think about Ohio State rushing attack in comparison to last year. I think they're way ahead of the pace compared to previous years. Now, where you're at now is, fingers crossed, everybody's healthy. So let's build off what you've done so far. I think that you can continue to get better. The offensive line obviously can get better, and they're doing a lot of great things right now. I mean, the running backs—they're leading the country and, and not getting touched before they hit the line of scrimmage. So it's just a matter of hey, sure up that short yardage. And Dave, would you would you ask would you ask Ryan Dave about the uh, the touch push? Was that was that you to ask him about the the quarterbacks going under center and sneaking? I wouldn't mind seeing them, uh, you know, trying to hold deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, pushing the guy uh, common core forward.
0: Yeah, it's just not, you know, it's he said it's in, you know, their short yardage, you know, package playbook. They they do practice it. It's not like when I asked Urban a few years ago, how come you guys never do quarterback sneaks? And he said, because we never practice it. My follow up was, well, why don't you practice it? Um, I'm sure he loved that. Um, some some reporter questioning a three-time national champion coach. But seriously, I was always flummoxed how Urban never used it. Days used it a little bit, not so far this year. I got the feeling by his answer, the way he, he didn't really talk around it, he kind of did. I, I get the feeling he doesn't trust Kyle and Carson quite yet. You're talking about a redshirt freshman center and who I think's played really well. Um, but a redshirt freshman center and like a first-year starting quarterback. Kyle's 6'3", my follow-up was like, is Kyle pretty stout? He's 6'3", 215, because Coach Dave was talking about how. Well, we did it a lot with Justin Fields because he was a bigger, stouter guy, you know, strong, and I was like, is Kyle good at that? Is he stout? He said, yeah, he is, but he gave a real short answer, you know, so I kind of, yeah. yeah, he is, kind of like translation. and eh, I'm not really sure. I'll say this. Uh, I know Cardell Jones in the Boom
1: podcast earlier this week, he was talking about the short yardage, and I thought he made a great point. He said – Whenever Ryan Day bunches it in like there, for short yardage, everyone knows what's happening. You don't have a numbers advantage. Why with all of the NFL caliber wide receivers, tight ends that you have, that you're coming at, that you're not spreading everyone out, forcing the team to have a nickel on the field in short yardage. If you do that and you try to run the football where you're spreading it out, boom, now you're creating the situation where Chip Traynham have to win a one-on-one battle with another team's nickel in the hole. I'll take my chances all day, every day. So I would like to see Ryan Day spread it out on short yardage and try to run the football that way because you're forcing the defense have to account for Emeka and Marvin. But when they come in there and it's pretty much rugby-style football trying to gain short yardage, it's always going to make it difficult. So Ryan Day, I think he makes it a little bit harder on himself than what he really needs to.
0: Stick with us. Jay Book and I are going to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe what the Buckeyes should do tomorrow if his ankle's a little bit gimpy. Um, we're going to talk about Josh Proctor and other Ohio State football items, um, but I do have one more read from for you guys from one of our great sponsors, Underdog Fantasy. This episode of the Bucknuts Morning 5 is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog using the promo code and having fun which is what we love to see. If you haven't already checked them out, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app and go pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, if Travis Kelsey's number is set at 50 yards and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to be way higher than that number. Do that with two through five different players and you're in business. If you go five for five, you can 20X your money. So sign up today with promo code BUCKNUTS and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with promo code BUCKNUTS to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There are a lot of fantasy companies out there, but we decided to partner with Underdog because it is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Must be 18 or over and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. All right. Let's get back to matters of Ohio State football. All right. Hey,
1: before before you go on, I was just
0: going to say I cleaned
1: up on underdog fantasy on that Thursday night last night. Justin Fields over passing yards. DJ Moore over receiving yards. And Sam Howe over passing yards. And then, uh, bears running back with the over overrushing. I was like, ching cha-ching, ching driving to the beach. My alert was like, congratulations. I was like, let's go. <laughs>
0: I love it. J book using underdog fantasy. That's yeah. It's a, it's an awesome company. And like I said, it's so super easy to use and free money's good. Last time I checked, you know, you deposit, whatever you deposit, they'll match it up to a hundred bucks. So check it out. If you're into fantasy football and you want a little free scratch. All right. Um, Marvin, I don't know what to make of this. Marvin's a gamer. I want to. I'm sure he's going to play tomorrow. You know, talking him mm-hmm. on Wednesday, he's like, "I'm good to go." The sprain—it's the same ankle he sprained last year that nobody knew about. Um, his right ankle. He says it's a little worse than the one last year, but I'm good to go. My question for you, sir: like, Do you hope he's on a pitch count tomorrow, so to speak?
1: I would say put him on a pitch count if you don't need him, Dave. Um, that sound—that kind of sounds like what they've been doing in practice because he said in practice you. For him, it's okay for him to, you know, let some other guys rotate in there. I think they have enough depth to be able to give Marvin a a solid rotation, put him on the pitch count because you're going to need him down the stretch. I don't think you're going to need Marvin to go for, you know, eight for 150 in order to beat Maryland tomorrow. What did what did he say in his interview, Dave? When the ball's going deep in practice, maybe you don't have to go all out uh, to really put some wear and tear on that ankle. So yes, I I do think they should put him on a pitch count
0: i agree with you i mean if the game's a dog fight in the second half all bets are off and number 18 says he's healthy doctors agree get him out there if it's a dog fight in the second half if it's not um be cautious with him because not only is he the best wide receiver in college football you're deep at wide receiver i mean obviously a mecca yeah. is fantastic everybody knows that but maybe julian fleming can be more involved this game you know maybe carnell tate can be more involved this game or xavier johnson or even you know forgotten man jaden ballard you're we talk about this depth at wide receiver. It's going to be interesting to ha- see how Coach Hartline deploys it. But I think, you know, for all the the reasons you mentioned, yeah, I, I kind of hope he's on a pitch count tomorrow. And I'm curious. I will,
1: to, I, will, I will see this. I will say this: Dave, watching that Notre Dame game originally when he first, you know, went down. I mean, I was just sick to my stomach because I was I was basically like, oh, here we go again, another star All American wide receiver for Ohio State." just exiting <laughs> with an injury like that. And I, I'm pretty sure the back of everybody's mind was like, please just do not have another J.S.N. situation. situation. Uh, so I, I would say definitely be cautious with him because you got some heavy hitters coming up on the schedule. And if you can get away with resting them, by all means, do it. You got the depth, you got the wide receivers. There's no need to have Marvin plan every single snap against Maryland.
0: You and I talked a little bit about this, but I want to talk more about it because we got a chance to meet with Josh Proctor on Wednesday. Uh, Delightful young man, you know, who's come a long way, sixth year senior. Um, And Ryan Day was very frank when he met with the media over Zoom yesterday. He's like, I don't think I'm speaking out of pocket here when I say, you know, Josh just needed to mature, you know, and he has. He's always been like a, a nice kid that came in and lit up the room, Ryan Day was saying, but he just needed to take care of some stuff on and off the field, become more consistent. Uh, it's a really cool story because, you know, I, I just didn't – I wasn't buying that life was going to come on for a guy his sixth year, but it has, and he still needs to prove it. But it's been a pretty cool story, Josh Proctor, so far.
1: Man, this is such a great story, Dave, because in today's era of college football, when players are just coming and going for whatever reason uh, with the open transfer portal, Josh Proctor had every opportunity to go to um, – he uh, had every opportunity to go to another program and he didn't he stuck with it he fought adversity and right now he's playing some of his best football so i'm i'm proud of it i think that he's a leader on that back end he's getting the defense set on the back end and right now he is performing at an extremely high level
0: last thing so travion's playing well i mean it's, it's i see tony alford's dilemma there's only you still need to throw the ball. There's less offensive possessions. You're starting running backs playing well. I know all of that's true. I still want to see Chip train and get more carries. <laughs> like, and I know it's, yeah. like, it, it's easier said than done. I get it. But I want—I just want to see Chip get more carries.
1: Yeah, Chip is playing at a, at a high level, Dave. Um, I think that he definitely deserves a few more touches there. And I will say this. As much as we talked about um, Marvin On the pitch count, I'm not necessarily saying Trevion Henderson needs to be on the pitch count, but he's another guy, Dave. They need him. He has had a a history of a lot of injuries. I would be conscious to say, hey, you know, if if we're if Trey's gotten seven, eight carries in a row, maybe you should go ahead and give Chip a couple touches there just to give him a blow, because you're going to need Trey against Penn State. You're going to need him down the stretch. You need him healthy. That was the situation last year. The running backs, uh, they were hurt. And so the production wasn't where you needed to be. Utilize that depth, utilize that talent, um, maybe ease back the workload. And if I'm Tony Alford, I would say to to Trevion Henderson, hey, this isn't about you as a player uh, as far as your production, because you're balling. This is about we need to be able to um, keep your body fresh, keep those legs healthy to meet in the grind of the Big Ten schedule. So we're going to give Chip a couple more touches, um, and then we're going to try to work in Maya. Somebody else um, in the comments, Dave, they asked about Dallin Hayden. Have you heard anything about Dallin?
0: I've talked about this a little bit, and I, we only get one or two questions you know, at press conferences. i got to get more information on this. Maybe I'll just check with sources, and maybe that'll be the best way. My gut is they're just trying to redshirt him. So they Say, no, they even said last year the plan was to redshirt Dallin. And then they yeah. had to play him because everybody and their mother got hurt at running back. Um, so I don't know. People are like, well, I mean, is he really going to stay five years? I mean, we just talked about Josh Proctor's here sixth year for a sixth yeah. year. These guys don't get the COVID year. The guys that came in, you know, in 2021 or in Dallin's case last year. So if my gut's telling me, because I saw him out there after practice yesterday, or I guess it was Wednesday night when we were over there, so two days ago. Um, he, he was fine. They were coming off the field. He's with the rest of the running backs. He wasn't wearing like a no-contact jersey. He's wearing the number five. I think it's as simple as they're trying to redshirt him. If if he's for it, then by
1: all means, it sounds like a great plan because you're going to lose uh, some guys to the NFL draft and he could be right in line uh, to be one of the primary bar carriers next year. Um, I just worry about it in today's age day where You know, guys can go and transfer and and play somewhere else. But if there's clear communication with him and his family about what the game plan is and the reality of, you know, hey, you're behind these older guys who's performing at a high level, we want to preserve your eligibility status. But we we see you in the plans of being the man next year, then that's just going to have to be a, a conversation between him and his parents. But it makes sense.
0: I am sure that Tony Alford is is communicating 100% what's going on. And whether Dallin likes it or not, um, I am sure that like Tony, Tony's this he's such a straight shooter, and he's got such a close relationship with these kids, not just the running backs. I've been told like Tony's kind of like the team dad where anybody mm-hmm. can go to him with any type of problem. So I am sure if the plan is – my guess is right that they're trying to redshirt Dallin. I have no doubt that Tony's talking to Dallin, talking to Dallin's father, who's a former NFL player, and making sure that they're on board with it. Remember when we all thought, myself included, like, oh, crap, is Mayan going to transfer? This is after the 2021 season, going into 2022. And and there was a lot of talk. Some teams were trying to poach Mayan, and Tony was able to just be – everything's going to be okay. Yeah, Travion came in and everything. We still need you. And he's got such a tight relationship with all these kids. So, I don't know. I I understand that there is some trepidation that Dallin could now transfer, but I bet he's in lockstep with the plan is just my guess. I don't know. All right, well – I will let you get out of here. You're on the beach with your family, getting up early. Enjoy your time with your family on the beach. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Great stuff, as always, out of Jonah Booker. I really appreciate it, Jay Book. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in as well. Join me after the game tomorrow, What We Learned Live. Bill Curlick's going to join me uh, somewhat early in the show to talk the latest on recruiting and to give his thoughts on the game. Uh, We'll talk a lot of recruiting with Bill. We'll hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon. So join me right after the Ohio State-Maryland game tomorrow for What We Learned Live. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day. Enjoy the Buckeye game tomorrow, Bucknutters.